If you blink now, forever hold your dying wish When you set your goal, don't give up on it Remind yourself every morning, noon and night I was born for this, and it's worth the fight Hey everyone, how are you doing today? Chris Swick here, your host of the podcast From the depths of darkness to the light of success In this show, I enjoy sharing others' stories As I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day does not matter what walk of life you come from so if you feel compelled and would love to share your story on the show please reach out you can go follow the show over on instagram at depth of dark side now let's dig into a little bit about today's show as you all know the all these episodes are pre-recorded for all your viewing and listening purposes today's guest comes all the way from nova scotia canada her name is alicia mccarvell she is an amazing content creator, you know, has over 1.8 million followers on TikTok and close to 300,000 followers over on Instagram, where I found her. She is shows her true, authentic self online and just believes in being just herself. You know, she went through bullying in elementary school and her number one bully was herself. She's huge on body positivity, which we will dig into in this episode. You know, she talks just about loving yourself and being, you know, in your own body and comfortable in your own skin. She's been with Scott, her partner, since she was 16 years old. And we dig into the little story that Charm Diamond out of the East Coast put on an amazing podcast and did a thing for them. And Scott gave her that engagement ring that they never got when they got married. So I hope you guys love this episode and get some great takes from it. And hope you enjoy it. Great value coming up in the show, guys. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Also, the song chosen for the intro is provided by great friend and recording artist John Maxim from Kitchener, Ontario. You can go follow him over on Instagram, at John Maxim Music. And this is a clip from his newest single, Blink Now, all about his personal development journey Thanks again, John, for letting us use the song for this show. Hope you guys all enjoy today's episode. Now let's dig right into it, guys. You blink now. If you blink now. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I'm your host, Chris Swick. This week's guest comes all the way from Nova Scotia, Canada, all the way from the East Coast, Alicia McCarvel. If I screwed that up, that's okay, right? That's totally okay. Uh, Anyways, you want to let them know a little bit about yourself and what you're about and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I am... I like to introduce myself as like a 30 average 31 year old woman, because that's how I feel. Um, that was really shot into a platform, um, that I was ready to have. So I'm, I, it was something that I've always wanted and it just kind of, uh, was placed in there after a few, a few, a viral TikTok, viral TikToks that, um, kind of were handed me a platform. And I decided that I was going to talk about some things that I felt were important um, and I was just going to be myself doing it. So um, what you see is what you get with me. Um, I enjoy all things humor. Um, I enjoy having conversations about self-love um, and I enjoy bothering the shit out of my husband. And those are the three things that I've really kept at the forefront with my platform. And I'm excited to be here. That's amazing. You know, I, I got put on to you by my partner. So like, uh, she, she just loved your content. She's like, you need to get her on your uh, podcast. It was just one day she just loved the funny shit you did and stuff like that. And she's like, you need to get Alicia. And then she showed me actually, we sat down and watched your story together, like how everything came about because originally you guys, you know, and, and like lots of people, it's weddings aren't cheap and stuff like that. So like your story sort of unfolded in a in a not not a weird way but a, a different way than others did you know what i mean with the whole how you guys got your engagement ring and stuff like that you want to let us know a bit, little bit about that yeah so scott and i met in high school 
Um, and we've been together ever since. So it's been 14 years that we are, we've been together. And we obviously along the way talked about getting married, but we were still young. So like once we had been, we were together at 16. So four years for us was still 20 years old. So, you know, and, and then you're talking 10 years from 16, you're still, you know, you're still only 26 years old. So it wasn't, um, it, it was never really in the cards for us to do this big, broad engagement ring. I was working full time, but um, it just wasn't this, you know, it just wasn't at the forefront. We, once we had been together for that long, we we're like, okay, well, like you're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. So, you know, this part of it's not that big of a deal. So we rolled over in bed one Sunday morning and I said to him, are you ever going to, are you ever going to get me an engagement ring? This was like nine years deep ten, almost 10 years deep. And he was like, do you want a ring or do you want to get married? And I was like laying there and I'm like, I'm not an idiot. I want to get married. Like if that's your, if you're putting that on the table, like let's do that. And he was like, okay, when? And I was like, okay. Um, I've always had my heart set on an October wedding. So um, there was an October that was eight weeks away. And there was an October that was a year and eight weeks away. And, and I said, October. And he said like in eight weeks. And I was like, if you want to. And he was like, okay. So that was it. I called my mom and dad, like laying in bed. And I was like, Scott and I are going to get married. Can we get married in the backyard? My dad was like, yep. And then hung up the phone on me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. You um, didn't know how to take that, did you? No, well, it turns out like he hung up the phone with me and then picked back up the phone and called um, like one of our local, like con not construction, but like Home Depot or one of those people to get rocks delivered so he could start redoing the backyard because that's where we were going to get married. So the very next day, less than 24 hours th from that, he had a truck at the house, like delivering rock and gravel to like resod and do the backyard for us to get married back there. Um, and then that was it. Like I, I, got a wedding dress on a whim. I ordered our engage or um, like wedding bands on Amazon for like 40 bucks for the two of them. Um, and we got married in my parents' backyard with 75 people in the backyard and then had a huge party at the Legion with like 200, it was like a high school reunion. Um, because all of those people had been such a part of our relationship since we were kids. Um, yeah, so we had a huge party at the Legion and that was that. We never did an engagement. We never did that traditional part. Um, so a couple of months ago in um, the end of November, Charm Diamond approached us because of family friend. We have family friends that work for Charm. Like our best man and our wedding's mother is a part of the Charm community and they have a podcast um, and called the Canadian Love Map where they just talk about love stories, traditional, non-traditional love stories all across Canada. So they approached us to be a part of it. And I was nervous because Scott has never... Scott is for anybody who is already following me, um, but to clarify for those who aren't, um, he is the most introverted introvert you'll ever meet. Um, so doing things like podcasts and talking in front of people is just like not his forte. So he agreed to it. It was all set. We got there the day of. Needless to say, you two are totally opposites in that complete sense. Complete opposites, <laughs> yes, complete opposites. Um, we got there the day of. They like hooked us up. They were filming. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jonathan Torrens, um, Jay Rock from the Trailer Park Boys, but he owns a media company called CCS, and they work closely with Charm. And they were videotape like they were going to videotape it. And I was like, perfect that like, I'm super familiar with this uh, poor Scott the whole time was like anxious. Cause they're like hooking us up to things. And we get there, we do the entire podcast. He does a wonderful job. And then Nancy Regan, who is the host of the podcast, another Canadian gem um, says, is there anything that you regret? Like 14 years together, is there anything that you regret? And I was like, honestly, no, the cool part about our relationship is I think everything happens for a reason. So you're placed, you do, you do certain things and it gets you to where you are. And I wouldn't change that because that was who we are, who we were at the time that it happened to us. Um, and then she turned to Scott and said, what about you? Do you regret anything? And he was like, um, actually I do. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you going <laughs> off the script here? Like, nobody, this is not, and, and I, you know, you can see it in my face in the video. Cause I'm like, <laughs> like I look to my left. I'm like, what? It's almost he, like you're at the wedding or and when someone when the priest or when the person that's marrying you guys ask, you know, does anyone not like this sort of does thing? Does anyone say object? Yes, no. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, kind of like, what the 
like where is this coming from and he like yeah, I can see him like reaching into his pocket and then he stops he's like I regret not giving you the pro like a proper I regret not proposing the proper way and he gets down on it and I am sobbing because I'm the hardest person the hardest person to surprise I'm nosy I need to know everything at all times and I'm like inspector gadget like I feel I know I sense things and the the first thing that comes out of my mouth is I ask him are you proposing to me (laughs) is that what's happening right now and sure enough that's that's what it was um and like it was the most surreal moment because I looked up and realized that our best man was there like he showed up because he knew it was happening. Um, and like the whole room was just filled with charm employees who were literally all bawling because the podcast alone was just a, an emotional mess in the first place. Like that, like the whole podcast in general. But yeah, and it was, yeah, it was the coolest, the coolest thing. So now I have this beautiful bling on my finger. And um, again, it is so cool because it signifies like this new chapter of our lives, which is means even more than what it would have meant to me you know 10 years ago getting proposed to because like we're we're at such a solid point in our relationship and I'm such a solid point with who I am that I feel like we're the most established and most um solid that we've ever been as a couple so it's it it's it's been really cool I'm I'm very grateful for charm because it was a complete and absolute surprise and it was not something they it's not something they planned on turning into as much of it as it actually was. It was supposed to be like a genuine East coast gift. And then it just made something more out of it. So it's been amazing. And do you find with what happened with that charm podcast and the story there sort of helped you grow as a content creator as well? Did your story sort of take off from there? Was it, did it take off before that? Like in November? My So it took off before that. So like my, at this point it was my one year actually, ironically enough the podcast interview with term on november 27th was my one year anniversary on tiktok so i at this point i had 1.4 million followers on tiktok doing this interview so it took off before but the difference between the two is i took off online when the commercial and this part came out for charm i started taking off locally so like faces on the east coast were seeing me canadians were seeing me my my um my numbers for canadian followers grew exponentially because i was sitting i was sitting a lot lower with my canadian numbers and i think i gained probably like 11 percent of 11 percent more which is huge for uh, my following in canadian followers because of you know this commercial on this podcast um so it helped you out so much on a like on a smaller scale but so impactful in terms of like my numbers because i mean i'm canadian i would love to have a majority canadian audience like that's obviously a dream but um like both of the platforms like tiktok and instagram are so highly run by american followers that it's just naturally going to be more American than it is Canadian. It's but... more saturated with the American, I find too, even with my yeah. podcast as well. Like most of my uh, following and analytics I find are in Canada, but that's just because maybe I'm a Canadian podcast. But when you start growing online, like you said, I think more of it's Americans. Though. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, so I had already grown by this point, but this definitely um, like and an older on an older audience that hadn't typically seen me, like people who weren't on TikTok we're seeing me on TV and we'll go places and we'll have people who are like in their sixties that'll like come up to our table at dinner and be like, Oh my gosh, you're that charm diamond couple. And, and they'll have like really sweet, kind conversations with us. So that's been really cool too. And um, it's definitely put me on the map locally, like for, for like my local community. And, um, but yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. And I, uh, I actually have a really, I actually wine storm now with, uh, every Thursday night, I wine storm with the um, director of marketing who set this all up for for Charm. Like, so we meet on Zoom and I've just gained so many important friendships from that whole scenario too. Just of like, that's how genuinely kind they all were. Like they just were the sweetest people to to do this with. Because I mean, it's a Canadian company on top of that, but um, they were just so sweet and so genuine. So now I meet with um uh, one of the employees from CCS who I met through it and, and, um, Moira from, from charm every Thursday to drink a bottle of wine and wine storm, like content (laughs) and things together. So it's created some really incredible friendships too. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing to see like when you start getting into this type of lifestyle, I guess you want to call it, 
it, it, it's amazing to see where you can sort of branch out to and gain friendships, networking and stuff like that. It's just awesome to see people flourish. And, you know, I love how you just don't give a fuck. Like, like in, in a good way, though, like, like you, this, this is Alicia and this is what I am. And if you don't like it, fuck off, basically, you say, <laughs> am I not yeah. wrong? Or am I no, right? I 100%. I just think that I'm 31. I've spent a long time trying to be something I wasn't for, for the majority of my life. So when the platform started to grow, I just, I felt like people were just aching for something authentic, like aching for somebody who was just themselves, somebody that they didn't watch and want to be anything else or that watched and wanted to be better for themselves. And I think that that's the difference. Like I had been watching people my entire life and I wanted to be better for them. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be different than who I was because I thought that that would make me happier. And when the platform came about, I just never wanted to make people feel the way that I had always felt on in terms of like my social media or the people I surrounded myself with. And I wanted my space to be somewhere where people could come and um, laugh and enjoy themselves where mostly women, I do have some, some male followers, but um, I say predominantly women or and plus size women could come and feel okay with who they were. Like, I didn't want them to get on my page and be like, oh, I wish, or, oh, you know, I, I want, or I'm not, I wanted them to come and be like, I am like her. I see myself in her. I can enjoy my life if she enjoys her life. And that was kind of what I was going for. And so far, I think I've hit the nail on the head with that. It's as I grow, it's really like trying to like get back to that and make sure that I keep that content um, at the forefront. But yeah, I really don't care. Like, I mean, I never, I never got the, I'm 31. I can get a shitty job tomorrow if I want to. So, and, and I realized that after a lot of years of working shitty jobs that it's like, I can work whenever I want to. So if this platform's gone in two weeks and I've changed a thousand lives in the meantime, that's wicked for me. And that's, that's all I do this that's for. A win. And, that's a win for you. Yeah. hundred percent. So, and I don't think that I would change lives if I was anybody else. So For sure. I think that that's, I think that that's what's most important. So take us back to like your teenage years or like the beginning with Scott or even before him, were you, did you ever experience any like bullying and stuff in school yourself? Yeah. 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 And, so and I was, bully- I was bullied. Make you feel. I was bullied in elementary school. So, um, I, I'm a, like I'm a chatty Kathy. I am back then I would have been like your typical, like goody two shoes. Like I enjoyed, I enjoyed my education. I enjoyed school, but my bullying for myself was actually never stemmed from being plus size or being because of my younger years with my bullying, I wasn't like in a living in a bigger body. I didn't really deal with it at that point for that. And um, it was more so just, um, I only really had one bully um, and that that followed me through elementary school into junior high um, and still partially in high school. Uh, but once that period was gone, I got into university and um, I gained the freshman 15 um, or so they say and turned into like a freshman 50 and my whole relationship with like exercise changed and my whole relationship with moving my body changed. Um, and then I started to bully myself. So then I started to really be hard on who I was because of the size that I was. So I always say like specifically to this bully question, I was my biggest bully for the majority of my life. You know, I, you were your number one bully is the hundred percent, you know, any, any way, anything that people say to me online now, I've already said to myself, like I've already, I've already been there. I've already said it. I've already thought it. So anything that comes out of out of left field for people online. I've already been there and done that to myself. So I bullied myself for a very, a very long time from probably the age, like just graduating university until probably up until like three years ago, four years ago. What was the light bulb that went off that, you know, sort of switched your uh, way of thinking and stuff like that and had to get out of your own head? Um, there was a, a few things like I was tired of feeling shitty. I had done, so I had done a bikini competition. I had lost weight. I was sitting at 127 pounds. I walked across stage and I still hated myself. And like, that was a good moment for me to like 
realized that like being thin wasn't the answer. And I had always believed that being thin would make everything better. Um, and then I put back all of, I put back on all of the weight had a shitty relationship with exercise after that because I hated everything that I had done in order to lose like everything that I had done at that point to lose weight was <clears throat> terrible for me so like hours of cardio I was eating the same things every day for like a period of 10 months I had no fats in my diet I barely had car like there was lots of like negative things that I did to myself so when I got skinny I was like okay like this is it like I'll be different and the only different the only difference was how people treated me. It was not how I treated myself. I was still bullying myself in my head because at that point, once I got to 127 pounds, there were still, there were new things for me to hate about myself. Like it was never, it was just always this internal dialogue. So basically you were living like, like I've heard many other people like living that fake persona then. So I, I got to that size and I just assumed that things were going to change and, and they didn't. Um, and then I put back on all of the weight and then I struggled to kind of like find my niche in the gym. I struggled to find out who I was. And then I went on a trip and this was like the turning point for me in terms of how I treated myself and how I allowed my body to kind of hold me back from things. But my husband and I went on a trip to Florida and um, it's still one of my favorite trips that we've ever been on together. And I knew obviously Florida is hot when we went, it was going to be like beautiful for beaches. So I bought myself a bathing suit and I hadn't been to the beach at this point in probably 12 years. Like I had never allowed my husband and I to go to the beach. Was it you getting in your own head that you didn't want to go to the beach because of your looks then Alicia? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like me, I didn't want to put on a bathing suit. Like I didn't want anybody to see me in my body at a beach and I was want... vulnerable basically. Yeah. And I didn't, I also just like, I didn't want to be there with my husband. Like he's super physically fit. I didn't want him to deal with any of the scrutiny that came along with him being so physically fit at the beach with a, like a, you know, a fat woman. And that was like, for me, that was like, I was like, I'm, we're not doing that. But when we went to Florida, I was like, we're paying all this money. I'm going to get a bathing suit and we're going to go to the beach. I knew that the couple we were traveling with was going to want to I, nobody. I was like, nobody knows me in Florida. Like I can't accidentally run into anybody I know. So I put on the bathing suit. I went to the beach and Scott and I were in the water for probably two and a half hours, just doing absolutely nothing. Like we saw like a whole family of, of stingrays. I think they're called nana rays. Um, um, there like we saw dolphins like we just like it was just the coolest experience and just never once that whole time that I was in the water did I think I feel shitty or I was I wasn't worried about anybody else and then I got back to our um our where we were staying which is our friend's um house and I got in the shower and I literally cried for probably 15 minutes because I just kept rerunning in my head all of the things that I had not allowed myself to do that were pure joy simply because I was living in a fat body. And I like, I hadn't let this man take me to the beach for 12 years because I was so afraid of what other people were going to think, or because I was so afraid of existing in my body that I have missed out on 12 years of going to the beach and that joy that we had felt together. And it, like, it was a big turning point for me because I literally played like, how many photos have I not been in? How many events have I not gone to? How many times have I said no to like going camping or not being a part of certain things because I felt like my body was going to be the focal point of the event and I just didn't want to be there with it. Um, so that was the point where I was like, fuck this. I'm going to live in my fat body. I am fat. And like, I've spent so much time trying not to be fat that I've it's held me back from, from job interviews it's held me back from like so many things um but yeah that was definitely the moment where I was like fuck this like I'm I'm doing my own thing and even for the rest of the trip like I bought myself crop tops I, I was like you're in Florida nobody knows who you are like try some new things and when I got back I had this whole new outlook on myself and that kind of just started to trickle into like my everyday life from then on then on out so that was the turning point for not allowing my body to hold me back from things a question i have so like those 12 years or whatever and all these things that you basically refused to go on or didn't want to go on because of the way you perceived yourself and the way you looked 
did Scott, your husband, have any like resentments through these times for you? Like, have you talked about those things now? And no, because um, he's an introvert. So honestly, he'd just rather not be out places. And I think that that's okay. So he was happy then, in a sense. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think he ever thought of it. I don't think it was ever um, him putting forth things that I was turning down all of the time. Like, I think it was more so just like, that wasn't on my I'm I'm in charge of our schedule so I decide like what we're doing and where we're going and stuff like that and I just I know that there are times that like we didn't go to do things like even just like hiking like just that's such a huge part of our relationship now I've over this last year and a half I'm just like getting out and going for walks and hiking and I, I never did that because I just thought, assumed I wasn't capable of it or I just didn't want that I don't, I don't know. I, d- I don't, Being outside don't... hiking too is huge for your mental health. Well, mine personally, like, but like I can only speak for myself, but other people I've talked to too, like just getting outside in nature, like really does something for the mind, body and soul it for me. It was a hundred percent. But for me, everything was back to my body. So exercise for me was to lose weight when realistically the, on a scale of of what exercise can do for you. There's millions of things and weight loss is just one of them, except for my relationship with exercise and movement only existed to lose weight. So if I was going for a walk, it was like, how many calories am I going to burn? Um, <clears throat> trigger warning for people listening with any type of like, um, any type of eating disorders or body dysmorphia, et cetera. I'm going to talk about it, but, um, if you're counting your calories, if you're watching your steps. So if you are literally weighing yourself on a regular basis, like my relationship with exercise only existed to do one thing. And that was to lose weight. It never existed for my mental health. It never existed for my sex drive. It never existed for my flexibility. It never existed for, um, my clarity, the, the, you know, my, my, like, how I think it just like never existed for any of those things so when I thought about doing any of that stuff it was always attributed it always came along with this expectation of I need to be doing it a certain amount of times for a certain amount of time and I need to burn this many calories in order for it to be worth it and if it wasn't going to be that then why was I doing it um so my relationship with exercise changed significantly when I found powerlifting, which came on came a little later on in, in my journey. Um, after kind of realizing I wasn't going to let my body to hold me back, it kind of, uh, sprung me back into exercising because it was like, okay, I'm just going to be fat and I'm just going to move my body. Like that was like, I'm not going to stress over anything else. I'm just going to go move my body as a fat woman and see where it takes me. And then I found powerlifting, um, which is, makes you feel badass. Like there's nothing better than getting into a gym and lifting heavy weights and just being able to look around and know that you can lift heavier than a lot of people that are around you. And it's just super empowering. Um, so powerlifting kind of sprung the idea behind the fact that I didn't have to go to the gym and just do cardio. I didn't have to go to the gym and do things for fat loss. I could just go to the gym and get stronger and, and that would be okay. Um, and powerlifting is what kind of catapulted that part of my, my journey. And I say that it's been two, it's been my journey with my, my self-love, but it's also been my journey with exercise and, and movement too. And, and kind of now they're finally aligning and it took me a little while for those two paths to kind of get to one another. Um, but yeah, now I just move my body because I fucking can like what, like it took me so long to realize, like, if you can go for a walk, like if I'm living in an abled body that can do these things, like I, that I'm taking for granted, like I need to be going and doing them. I need to be going. You could wake up tomorrow and not be able to move your legs. Heck yeah. And, and it's just, it's one of those things that like you, your body houses all the things that are great about you. It is in charge of it isn't like if I list the things I love about myself, my, I am a strong partner. I am a great friend. I am funny. I do well with conflict. I am strong when it comes to giving advice. I build people up. None of those things have to do with the waist, my size of my waist. However, my body is what carries me. My body is what houses all of those incredible things. And I spent so long belittling the thing that literally houses everything that's cool about me and never focusing on anything that was cool about me. It was always just about my body. And I spent so much time neglecting it and hating it. And, but I can't do anything I want to do if it 
if it isn't for my body and my body is the catalyst and it that sends me to those places it it is what holds me up on tough days like my body's in charge of all of that and I spent so much time neglecting it that I and not even neglecting it in a sense of like my eating habits or my exercise neglecting it in the sense that I just belittled it I was like we talked about earlier I was my number one bully I literally bullied it if I had a bad day, I made it about my body. If something bad happened in my life, I took it out on my body because it was the easiest thing for me to take it out on because I had been bullying it my entire life. Um, so when that kind of shifted focus um, and I started to appreciate it, my relationship with movement and getting out and doing things like that became more about like, I need to take care of myself. Like I need to take care of all of me and my body is included in that. And it doesn't have to be a stressful thing. Like I don't, I don't need to lose weight. I need to be moving my body. And if weight loss happens, cool. If not, whatever, but I know your number one focus. Right. And, um, but I know I'm moving my body and taking care of my mental health and my physical health. So, um, it's been a long journey, but it has definitely been two separate journeys. Like my journey with self-love and acceptance and my journey with my relationship with movement have kind of come at two separate points, but over the last year, they finally collided um, and have allowed me a lot of freedom in terms of like my body, my body and movement in general and, and being able to kind of find things that I love instead of feeling the pressure to like move my body in certain in certain ways. And the same pressure that I used to felt about changing my body no longer exists because I'm happy in the body that I'm in. For sure. That, that's amazing. And I, I love seeing your journey, you know, and I've been following it for a while now. And it's just amazing. Like Alicia, everyone is fucking hilarious. If you don't follow her already, head over to Instagram or TikTok and give her a follow. What are your handles over there so they can all give you a follow? Um, so on Instagram, Instagram and TikTok, I am at Alicia McCarvel. Um, and we do have a YouTube that we're we just we purchased a camera not too long ago and we're just kind of getting set up, but um it's at the McCarvels and that'll be more so like Scott and I. So most he's of agreed our, to this. Yeah, he has well, he doesn't have a choice now. That was my one, that was our one thing when it first started. I was like, well, if it starts to pay bills, then you need to be involved. And he was like, fine. So I don't think he ever anticipated it ever happening. And then but it started taking off, you know, in the last year, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. So, and then all of a sudden it was, I, I remember paying my first bill with, with something. I can't remember what my first payment was. It might've come from like TikTok because on TikTok you can do like Instagram, uh, like a, you can go live and your followers can um, like donate or like send you. Oh, like, so sort of like Twitch you can do. I didn't know you could do yeah, it. I knew you could yeah. go live on TikTok. I didn't know. Like I'm not yeah, too huge. So it's similar to more Twitch. Into it. So people can like join in and like send you like um, TikTok has a whole gift system essentially. Um, And uh, yeah, I think I paid my first bill with it. I like presented to Scott and I was like, I just paid my first bill with like social media money. So I guess that means you have to be involved. And he's come out of his shell a lot too. Like he's, he's had, he's really had no choice. But even still, the most of the things that I I actually film of the two of us are like authentic interactions because that's who he is and like that's who we are. Like our whole relationship is based off of humor and having a good time. Like you're not, it's not often you're going to catch us in a moment where we're not like laughing or doing something ridiculous or making something out of nothing. And I think that that's why we work so well together. But And so- for the you know up and coming content creators especially on tiktok and instagram like yourself what what's a one good piece of advice you have for those people that want to create content um set your platform like i set my pillars right away i knew that i wanted to be authentic i knew that i wanted it to be about my relationship but i knew i wanted it to include humor and i feel like everything that i've created since then has aligned with one of those pillars. And I just think it's so important for a stable foundation to whatever your platform is, that you have a direct line of what you're looking to achieve and and how you want people to view you. Um, And a good mixture. Like, I think it's like for, if you're looking to create content that is going to make people think and is gonna, you're trying to change the opinions of others. Like for instance, when I talk about self-love, and body positivity. I like to add the humor in there because like self-love and body positivity, like it's hard work when you're learning these things, like you're unlearning 
you're on learning habits and beliefs that have been embedded in you since you were, you know, five years old. So it's, it's tough work to just be surrounded by that at all times. So I think that if you have a versatile, like a versatile platform that does a few things, but also allows a little bit of, of a break. And I feel like that's what my humor does for people. It gives people a little bit of break from the learning or their everyday life that that attracts a lot more people to my platform. Um, but definitely making it intentional. I think a lot of creators, um, when they're trying to, um, create, they think of numbers only, or they think of like the stats that come along, but that stuff will come that, you know, I didn't do, I didn't even know when I started working with my management team, I didn't even know what engagement meant. Like, I didn't even know any of those. Numbers. I've only been learning a little bit too. Like I started my podcast, you know, during the pandemic when it originally started and same thing. I didn't know anything about that. I've sort of just learned along the way. And it's not all about the numbers. I, I love that you just said that, you know, at first for lots of people, it's about the numbers. Well, why, you know what? I don't have 50, you know, to a hundred thousand downloads or streams of every single one of my episodes. And it's, and if you stop worrying about the numbers, things will slowly work itself out. You know what I mean? Over time, if yeah. you're just people authentic will, and genuine. Yeah. People will come anyways. And the numbers. Yes. I understand because I still get stuck in loops. Like if my numbers go lower, or if things change, like you want to be, but I find when you're on a track for just looking for the numbers, then your content becomes inconsistent because then you're doing things that you think are going to attract numbers rather than things you think are authentic and what you want to do. So I think that that's been the biggest win for us was when we woke up with a platform of like 56,000 people on TikTok, we immediately said then and there, what do we want our platform to be about? Like we were laying in bed. Obviously we do a lot of our like decision-making laying in bed, but we were laying in bed and I just, we, I was like, okay, like I have a platform. What do I do with it? And we, that we sat down. I'm pretty sure I have the, the piece of paper where I wrote it down that afternoon, just like authenticity, self-love, our relationship and humor. And like, those were the four things that we were like, we're going to stick to that. Like we were not going to veer just because it might be popular at the time. We're not going to, you know, we're going to stick with those four things. And I think, I think we've done that. Um, but uh, yeah, finding your pillars and just running with them. People will come. The world is very large. That's one thing I've learned is that there's always somebody looking for you. Um, especially in terms of like social media, like people are, people are looking for for things I, you can there's whole sides of tiktok that i haven't even seen yet that's how big tiktok is you know like the the you can get yourself onto the the crocheting side of tiktok like you can get yourself onto the video game side of tiktok like there's so many sides to this there's app rabbit that, holes everywhere oh yeah and like, i remember this hip-hop artist made a tweet the other day it was it, you know it was humorous in a way he's like really well-known one in canada mercules but he he basically said you know i was just watching some of my favorite artists youtube videos and then i'm going down the rabbit hole he says so now i'm watching ants fucking you know and then <laughs> you know just it was just a random tweet but it's so yeah. true though you can go down the rabbit hole so easily on all these things if you don't watch it <laughs> and people are looking for it so it's like people are looking for your content you just don't realize they are like there's there's somebody we that has been the coolest part about having a platform is me realizing that i i am a lot like a lot of people and a lot of people are a lot like me and those people found me because they were looking for me. So I just had to exist. And then all of a sudden here people are, and they just want to watch me live. And like, that's creepy at first when you think about it, like people just want to see me live my life. Um, but at the same time, I know it's empowering for people to be able to follow me and not see a huge celebrity, not see somebody who's you know, living this luxurious, I'm just, I still live in my apartment. I am still two and a half minutes away from my parents' house because that's what, com what is comfortable for me. I still, I still thrift shop. I still like, there's so many. Things I love that, it already. That, Alicia. Yeah. Thrifting those are amazing. Just, they're just, it's just my life. So it's just, and I think that a lot of people and the world in general is just dying to have somebody that is like them and doesn't make them feel inadequate when they go to their profiles. And I think that that's what I'm, I'm hoping to continue on, on this social media journey. So it takes me to my next question. So like, I know you're huge on body, body positivity. 
you know, so if you were speaking to, you know, a group of graduating high school or college students about body positivity, if you could tell them one empowering thing, what would it be? Great question. Your size, like your size does not define your worth. It never has, and it never will. And I think for a long time, for me, I allowed my size to decide where I sat at a table. I allowed my size to decide what job interviews I could apply for. I allowed my size to decide my group of friends and what outings I went on when realistically, none of those people, the jobs, none of those people ever cared about that. They cared about who I was. And the people who do care about that are not the people who you want in your life at the end of the day anyways. And that's hard to see when you're 16 and 17 and 18 years old. Um, But it is the biggest life lesson I learned. And it took me until I was 29 years old to learn it. So if you can learn it now that, you know, that size does not define your worth, you'll, you'll try out for more things. You'll be a part of more things. And at the, by the time you are 29, you will not have lived a life of holding yourself back. You will have lived a life of putting yourself forward. And that's what is most important. That's an amazing, you know, an awesome piece of advice for anyone dealing with body positivity or anything really in life. You know, you can put all what you just said towards anything in life, really. And, you know, for myself too, like I, I've just recently started back to therapy and really undigging all these wounds, you know, I mean, I'm a recovering addict in case you didn't know, but I still haven't dealt with all the shit that caused me to get to that point, you know, at 10, 11 years old and finally just done doing all these old wounds now. And we've started uncovering some things and peeling back the onion. You know, it's amazing to see what you can do with therapy too. Yeah. I, um, I actually, I've been following along with a friend of mine's journey with therapy and I have, I haven't, I like, I haven't spoken to anybody, but over the last like three weeks, I've gotten into a really hard spell of catastrophic thinking, which I never realized was even a thing um I mean of course I've like gone out at night and thought like uh what could happen like what bad could happen but like my life over the last three weeks because my life has been um I haven't shared this with anybody yet so this is kind of cool um because my life has been good over the last few years I've somehow found myself to a position where I think it's going to go bad um And I've been in a rabbit hole of catastrophic thinking of like, what bad is going to happen to me? Like I'll wake up and I'll think about horrible things that could possibly happen to me or the people that I love because my life is good. So, you know, um, and not that my life was ever horrible, but now I'm seeing success and things have changed for me and how I live. And, um, I think that there's a little bit of like success guilt that is behind it and, um, trying to like unravel it. But I actually, um, have an appointment next week to speak to somebody to start that process of, of therapy, because I, I definitely think that I am at a point now where I've uncovered all of these feelings for myself. Um, for a lot of my life, I've just dealt with it on my own. Um, then I just don't want to do it anymore. I just want you have to, else. you need, you need someone else, someone yeah. else to dump it on and it, what, so be it, you know, what? it's uh, honestly, whatever they're between 150, 200 an hour, but it's the best 150 bucks I've been spending in a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I think I'm just um, ready for it. And obviously I do realize that it's a privilege to have, you know, the money to be able to spend on it and have access to it. But at the same time, there's just been so much that has built up from all of the time where I couldn't afford it. And I couldn't do that for myself that I'm just like, I'm just ready for somebody else to help me through it. I've spent so much time <clears throat> trying to understand it myself, Googling things, researching stuff like literally like putting myself into a therapist position without any education, trying to help myself understand the things that I was going through that like, I'm just ready for somebody else to like, listen to what I have to say and just validate me, invalidate me, whatever that looks like and just support me and it not be, you know, a family member or a friend. Like, I think that that's what I'm most excited about. Like that neutrality in a relationship to be able to go to somebody unleash knowing that there's not going to be, you know, any repercussions for how I'm thinking or feeling or just what I'm overwhelmed with um, and just see where it goes. But yeah, I've been following one of my friend's journeys with, with therapy and she has just talked about how it's the best thing she ever did for herself. So yeah, I'm excited to kind of, I'm excited to talk to somebody that isn't my husband, bless his heart, but you know, like I, 
he can't always handle it he doesn't always have the answers and he's always not always neutral so it's like I'm just excited to like be able to talk about like how I'm feeling lately but also kind of unpack the old stuff and through some books I've been reading lately too uh you know men think much differently than women do and and, and it's so true though like and I'm uncovering things I didn't know about myself I'm reading a book called beyond anger it's a guidebook for men but like to deal with their anger and I've reading through it I was like holy shit like this anger stems from when I was a young child and and it nothing to do you know I had an awesome upbringing like I said to my therapist and I know my parents listen to this podcast but that's fine like I uncovered it was because my dad you know my dad was an amazing father but it's because he was a workaholic I didn't feel I was nurtured you know I didn't have that dad and son relationship that I should have you know what I mean but that's where some of my anger stems from yeah yeah and I mean it's just nice to like it'll be nice for me to go back because I feel like I know where my relationships with my body and my exercise have changed, but I'm just uncovering why they were the way they were. Like, and, and I think that that's like the next part of my journey is understanding how I got to that point and those points in my life and just understanding why. I know a lot of people always ask me, and I finally have figured out like my relationship with exercise, but a lot of people ask me like, well, what changed your relationship with exercise? What? And I think the most important question is, well, what, where did your relationship, um, not where did it change for the better? It's where did it change for the worse? Because everybody has a relationship with movement from the age that we're, from the time we're born until we become our adult selves. And my relationship with movement when I was a kid was fun. I enjoyed every movement that I did. I played basketball through junior high and high school I to have a second degree black belt which I I actively participated in taekwondo until I was in um my grade 11 I all of my movement was activity based and it was enjoyment I never did anything I didn't want to do and then when I became when I moved to university, my relationship with exercise drastically changed because I was no longer doing movement for fun. I wasn't competitive enough to be playing basketball at university. I wasn't outgoing enough to put myself into any type of like pickup sports at that point. And then I put on my freshman 50. And then when I finally stepped into the gym for the first time, I knew nothing about exercise other than I needed to do it to lose weight. And I didn't find anything that was fun for me and like I so when people ask me like when did it change for the better I always say go back and figure out when it changed for the worse because if I could have dwelled on that a little bit more and realized that I never knew the gym by anything other than losing weight it probably wouldn't have taken me this long to understand that that's not the way it should be I never did anything my entire childhood to lose weight never did taekwondo to lose weight i never did and there's people who did it because you enjoyed it yeah and there are there's there's people who are you know i've heard things about gymnastics and swimming and it might not be the same experience for everybody but i had a lady reach out after i posted that video and she said you know i realized that my relationship with movement because of like my background in swimming was very much about body altering and not necessarily about fun because of the competitive sport that i was in and i think that that's probably a lot that's similar for a lot of people who are in competitive sport, but yeah. So I just, I'd love to get back to that root of like when my relationship with my body changed and like really understand that. Um, and you know, like I, I, I think it's scary too. Like therapy for me is scary because like, what if they, I, in my head, I'm to keep thinking like, what if there are things that are wrong that I don't even know that are wrong? Like, do you know what I mean? Like I, my relationship's wonderful, but like the last thing I want to do is get in there and talk about my relationship, my therapist be like, is that wonderful? And I'll be like, I thought it was. So I'm just kind of nervous about that point of things. But other than that, I just, I need somebody to unload on. Like I need well, for to, sure. like, if you walk in with an open mind, like they say, you know, things usually go pretty good when you have an open mind for things. It's when you get that closed minded mentality that I think things you think things aren't going to go well, but they really usually do go well. <laughs> I'm an oversharer. So I think therapy will be good for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, before we go, Alicia, what are three things you do for your mental health on a daily basis? You know, that keeps you in check. Great question. Um, I, for me, I, I dance around the house naked. That's something that I added and implemented into like my regime with my body three years ago. Um, and it does wonders for like my mental health in terms of like my relationship with my body. Um, because it, it, uh, makes me less stressed 
Like it just makes me feel good. So dancing in general, but the choosing to be naked part has really altered my relationship with my body. Um, I, I spend time on social media pages that make me feel good about myself. That's something that I've learned how to do just recently. Um, and again, like I tripped it to earlier, like I want my page to be a place where people come and feel welcome. So I've found those people online that make me feel good. I know social media can kind of be that double-edged sword. Um, but I, I've really found people that make me feel good when I visit their page. And, and that's where I choose to spend my one hour. Cause I only give myself one hour on, on other people's content. Um, and I move my body every day. So whatever that looks like for my, for my mental health. So if that's like a 15 minute walk or that's a two and a half hour hike, or if that's just, um, getting out of the house for a certain period of time. Um, that's something that I do for my mental health. Well, thank you so much for, you know, being so kind and wholehearted, you know, to share your story and stuff. It was amazing to hear Alicia. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. And where can everyone find you again on social media that you're most active? It's TikTok and Instagram, right? Yeah. Alicia McCarvel. Yeah. At Alicia McCarvel. And then YouTube is, will be new, but it's at the McCarvels. And do you know when that's going to start up or you have no, Um, don't have a date Yeah. So we're filming content this month. So our goal is to um, be like posting weekly starting in April. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the show and, you know, sharing your story and stuff. It was amazing to hear. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, thanks again for listening in to today's episode with Alicia McCavrell. I took away many great things, especially on how to become a better content creator on TikTok and Instagram, especially with all the following she has. You know, at 1.8 million followers, she must be doing something right. You know, she loves to just be her true authentic self. I love how her and Scott, her husband, interact and just how comedic they are and you know, it's enjoying to watch them grow as a couple and stuff like that for with being together for so long. So again, you know, I took away many things. What did you take away from the show? Let me know over on my Instagram page at Depths of Dark Side, or you can shoot me an email, depthsofdarkside at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email or DM me over on Instagram, guys, at Depths of Dark Side again. Now, Upcoming in episode 55, I have Kay Triggs, an amazing up-and-coming hip-hop artist from the Hamilton area of Ontario, Canada. He is creating positive messages for the Hamilton people. He also is the creator and founder of Freedom of Speech Movement. He loves the freedom of expressing his truths and thoughts. Speaks up on social justice issues, homeless at 14, sleeping at the go stations and stuff like that. Just a little tidbit of what you're going to get in episode 55, guys. Again, thank you and have yourself a wonderful day.